0: I understand the frustration of feeling like you need to justify your choices. Explaining your lifestyle over and over and over again because everyone from random strangers to even your own family just doesn't get it. Hey, I'm Allison Conway, that's why I'm here. To help you build a profitable business that gives you the freedom to travel and work from anywhere. I've been there. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the real actionable how-tos so you can finally confidently say, it is a real job, dad. This is a Soulfire production. I am so happy to have you. Um, we sort of go way back we were just talking about how we were living in new york city at the same time learning all like digital marketing business stuff that was like 6 or 7 years ago i i i can't believe how long it's been and how a how both of us have changed and how the landscape the business landscape and location independence and all of that has changed so dramatically since then
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Well, thanks for having me. And, and yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's funny you touch on the location independence thing, because I remember back then we were like so dying for that. And really Mm -hmm. there wasn't much out there for us to even be able to, um, grasp or learn from. I mean, there were people doing it, but it was definitely much more fewer and far between. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, especially after COVID. I mean, we're all location independent, right? But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many more resources out there and it's so much more the norm.
0: Yeah, I remember thinking back then, um, you know, there was so much romance around this, like, traveling and, and the, like, going go to Bali. And, it like, Bali was starting to become the thing that everybody wanted to do. And, um Now you live in Portugal full-time.
1: Yes, I do. And I actually just became a resident last week officially, which was really exciting and a long process, especially (laughs) because of COVID. I think like start to finish, it took me two years, which is not the norm. I mean, it usually takes a while, but, um, yeah, it feels exciting. And it's funny that you say the romance because I think a lot of people talk about the excitement of location independence and traveling and living other places, which there is so, so much of that. But there also is a lot of, I don't want to say negative things, but the, there are challenges, like big challenges. And mm-hmm. I think back then it would have been nice to at least have like a little more information around the challenges or maybe a little bit more support <laughs> going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely was a romance thing back then. I think for both of us, for sure.
0: And oh, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And just really cool that we've both been able to do it in our own ways. Um, I know you've been on like some really, really cool long trips and
2: Yeah
0: yeah i um and i i did the i know you've been to Bali. We actually stayed at the same co-living co-working space um at different <laughs> times, and it's so funny because that you know you go to like this beach location and everyone there is there for the same reason like every traveler is there because they want to be location independent and they want to be you know working while they're living the dream (laughs) and it is so unproductive to work from the beach i I think (laughs) nobody actually talks about how it's like you can't get sand in your laptop you can't see your screen it is the most unproductive place to work and and i see people you know like bringing their laptop to the beach to take some pictures but then not actually doing any work from the beach. They go back to the co-working space to actually get any work done.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a good like thing to share, right? Are the things that we maybe thought were super great or just even tips. I mean, I think, yeah, working on the beach is definitely a no-go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know for me, one of the biggest things like working remotely, especially in different countries and especially when I was alone, even now, like, um, building more community is for sure through co-working spaces. That was like super helpful for me. Um, and I learned that lesson the hard way going to mm. a couple locations where there wasn't a great co-working space or there wasn't even a co-working space. Mm-hmm. And I found it really hard to meet um, people or like-minded people or people doing the same thing, you know, and that was one of the biggest tips I learned. I think throughout that process is just like basing a lot of my destinations on how easily I could build a community and a co-working space is a really great way to Mm -hmm. do
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. I now, um, I haven't done, I've done some traveling, but not in the way that I want to since, um, COVID happened. And now that I'm starting to, you know, think about that again and starting to book travel again, I'm only looking at destinations that have some kind of community there, whether it be co-living or co-working,
2: mm-hmm. you know, year, yeah. years
0: ago I um, would always do hostels. And now that I've aged a little bit, I'm not quite as interested in the dorm rooms at hostels. Mm -hmm, (laughs) But some kind of place where there are other travelers, other, um, you know, business owners that are location independent. um, Because it's huge. I've been traveling where I've really felt lonely and really felt like, you know, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like all I want to do is go home because I have, you know, because I'm just lonely and I have nobody to talk to. So that kind of stuff happens all the time too. And there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I remember sort of feeling like I'm doing this like hashtag digital nomad thing wrong. Like I don't feel great about this.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And everybody
0: else
1: does, right? Like everyone else has these beautiful pictures and all these friends. And why am I not yeah, I felt that too, for sure. I mean, one time I got really, really sick in Sri Lanka and mm. there was no great co-working space. And I even met some people, but I just didn't feel that community. And and there were other times I felt lonely too, but mm-hmm. that's a part of the process, I think. And it teaches you a lot about yourself and what you want and what you don't want. Yep. And, and yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned it's it's not something that means you're doing it wrong. Right. It just Mm -hmm. is. I, I bet I could talk to anyone I know who has sort of lived this lifestyle and they felt that way at one point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you sort of think that it's you, like you think you're the problem because everybody else is living the dream and is out there taking pictures and beautiful dresses at sunset and you're yeah. like in your hostel or in your hotel or wherever you're staying, like, why do I feel like shit? And why am I just like looking forward to the day that I go home?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that's good is there are more people out there now. So people mm-hmm. are having different conversations, but yeah just because you see something on someone's Instagram doesn't mean they're also not going home after they take that picture and feeling like the same way too.
0: Mhm. Yeah and the um you know like like we witnessed on the beaches in Bali people take pictures with their laptop on the beach but then they go they leave the beach to go back to the co-working space to do any yeah. work. yeah or they're 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 like they're they're not actually working right they're just there for a vacation and they're sort of making it look like you know giving giving the appearance that they're that they whether they have a business or not that they're doing you know they're living the dream on the beaches in bali when it's really not the reality
1: Mm, yeah for sure and i think that's also a good point too about like working because one thing I found in staying in hostels was that it was super fun and I met a lot of people, but it was really hard if you're meeting only travelers because they have all day and all night to mm-hmm. so have fun, and you have work to do. So the mm-hmm. co-living or co-working community is really helpful so that you can spend time actually working and, um, I think both that and time zones was a sort of a shock for me too. Mm, I, yeah. thought, I was younger then. So <laughs> my sleep cycle was a little different now, a little bit more, have a better routine, but, um, it was hard to, from time to time, you know, being in Bali, um, working with people in the U S um, Europe is really nice because you're kind of in the middle of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. Those are some things to consider too. I think is just like being able to get your work done, and you know, staying in a place for a little bit longer helps with that. Meeting people who are also working, and yeah, yep. just considering time zones. And if you do have clients or team members or whatever, like prepping them about what your availability is going to be is super helpful too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think co working is a term that folks, for the most part, know these days. It's, I just want to give, you know, uh, folks listening. So co working is basically either hot seat where you, you know, walk in into a building and you can choose wherever you want to sit. You pay a monthly membership and there's folks who, you know, either have businesses or work remotely for other businesses. Co living is essentially that same thing but it's where you live has been you have your own room even often your own bathroom and then what's shared is like a kitchen and and common spaces but everyone who's living there also is probably a member of the co-working space that's nearby and their purpose is to be you know long-term travelers and uh work remotely um so i would love to talk about uh, your business and how you ended up doing, um, Facebook ads. So you run a very successful Facebook and Instagram ad agency, um, for folks that are making courses and selling courses, um, about all kinds of topics. So I know a little bit because when we knew each other in New York, you were starting to get really good at the, at the ads thing. And I remember you doing that for, for us a little bit. Um, for those listening, Frannie and I were, um, young entrepreneurs in New York City <laughs> who were, uh, wanting to start some businesses together. And ultimately we figured out that, um, we had our own strengths and those strengths needed to be their own businesses. <laughs> um, so ha- tell me a little bit how you ended up doing, um, you know, starting your, your ad agency.
1: Yeah, it's so funny to think back. So I, I remember we met at that. Co- it was like a business conference, but like a more not like a regular, not a regular business conference. A cool business conference. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember Fun they. I remember they called it Creators Unconference. Ah uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was super cool, and they had
2: lots of cool people.
0: Um, and at that
1: time, I was working in a nine to five in New York, and I had spent a lot of years like. Working really long hours, doing all these everything because it was a startup, and and I was really wanting some freedom. Um, I think we bonded over that really mm-hmm. like, strongly, and um, yeah, I was taking some digital marketing classes. I had my master's degree in marketing, but you know, it was kind of—I guess I'm dating myself. It was like more old school marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I was taking some courses on market, digital marketing. And it ended up that my uncle had an agency and he was doing Facebook ads. And I was like, oh, I just learned Facebook ads. Like, I'd love to help you and learn more. Um, And he was building the company fully remote. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Mm. Um, And he really is... Him and my aunt, you know, have been big travelers and have always inspired me. So, you know, part of his reason for wanting to do that fully remote business is so the team could travel too. Uh, and I was, you know, totally on board with that. And so I started working with him and that agency grew like crazy. Um, I started doing more the creative side of the ads, which I really loved. And they started to focus more on e-commerce, like just physical products. And I really love the online course space. I loved it because it helped me so much, but also just the way that you market is a little bit more psychological, I guess. I mean, it's all like marketing is psychology for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But really like, you know, you help people through a problem or build a skill or yeah, I really love that part of online courses. And so that's kind of how I decided to build my own agency. I wanted to focus on that and I wanted to be more, um, creative, uh, heavy in our business. And, um, I met my first client at Dojo at a cafe in Bali. Like, (laughs) of course, it's like the only digital nomad story there is out there. (laughs) Of (laughs) course. Yeah, and it just kind of grew from there. And it was really, really fun to be able to focus heavily on the creative side the ad building, the ad copy, the visuals, the video. Um, And people now come to us specifically for that reason. Um, And they're, there's been so many challenges over the last years building this business, but it's also been, yeah, really rewarding and really fun to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. And yeah, just, we were talking about this earlier, but it's such a progression, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. never, and, and I feel now more than ever is, that is the fun in it is the progression and not like looking for the destination. But I do think, yeah, when we were first meeting each other, we were really like focused on like arriving at a point. And Mm -hmm. now, yeah, now I feel, and you know, some days I definitely get in my head about hitting this goal or that goal or whatever. Yeah. Which keeps, yeah, helps keeps us motivated. But I do find that, looking at the journey, it's always like
0: the ups and
1: the downs that are part of it for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the um the dojo is the name of the co-working, co-living space where we've both stayed in in Bali. I feel like it's gotta be the most famous co-working space ever, it, right? It's, it's definitely um it's definitely well known in our in our universe. So let me ask your opinion on this. I what do you feel about the term digital nomad? Do you have any opinions there? I don't like to call myself a digital nomad. I'm not sure why. I think it's
1: just been overused. Yeah, I don't really know why. I think it is the term, I guess, that describes me.
0: Yeah, I um, I feel the same way. I don't like using it either. And I always try to skirt around it. I always try to say, like, location independent or, or something else. Um, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time. I was just curious what your opinion was because it's, um, it, to me, it almost has this like air of, um, like almost amateurness to it. Like it's, you know, you just want to go to the full moon party in Thailand as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, wanting to like grow a real sustainable and fully remote business and be, uh, you know, the CEO of, of a business as opposed to um you know the the connotations I think that come with the term digital nomad
1: yeah yeah I mean I to be honest like in my mind back in the day like that's what I wanted to I loved the idea of it like the dream and then over the over time I realized that like okay if I want this dream I have to be able to sustain it and like I really Mm -hmm. felt strongly about building something genuine and like with integrity. I think a lot of people get into this life and they they see th- I think, yeah, for me, maybe the reason it has that negative connotation is more around like, yeah, people who only do that mm-hmm. and who also maybe start this like sketchy drop shipping business. I don't have anything mm-hmm. wrong with drop shipping, but like I think there are a lot of random yeah. kind of scammers out there that do not every dropshipper is a scammer but I think there are a lot of people sort of doing some sketchy stuff to be able to post cool things on Instagram and I think yeah that's part of it too but definitely I was attracted by the dream of like Mm-hmm. That, party in that that full
0: moon party in thailand i never went but <laughs> yeah i I never went either i was in thailand for a while but skipped the full moon party it's almost like we need a term um like digital nomad is the entry point is you're sort of like getting the taste of yeah. what the lifestyle is like so. but then you sort mm-hmm. of graduate into you know then you start running a, a, a real business and we need like another another word another term for it <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: I like location independent. I think that's
0: pretty mm-hmm. mandatory, and
1: yeah. I don't have any negative feelings about that. What about you?
0: No, I don't either. I feel like I feel like we need something more succinct, something more. Um, I don't know. I, I've been trying to find it, so that's why I wanted to ask your opinion. <laughs> I've been trying to like discover this word. Um, because you're right. like when when I first started, when we first started that digital nomad, like that was the dream. And now I feel like i've I've outgrown the word. so mm. so we need something else,
1: like location independent maybe doesn't describe it so well because you can be location mm. independent and not be building a business either where I think the digital sort of comes in in the nomad, the digital nomad term,. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe yeah, there's something there, kind of adding that in some way.
0: Yeah, if you th- if you think of something clever, let me know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you are now full time in Portugal, running your agency, hiring a team. How is that going? I'm. How is that? Like, how do you manage your team? How do you manage your clients? How do you get new clients, whether they're based in the U.S. or other places? How does that all work while you're you're living full time in Portugal?
1: Yeah, it's funny, because I think if you asked me like four months ago, I would say, oh, oh things are really stressful, but um, <laughs> There are seasons where things feel really stressful, but I we are now in a season where things feel really good. And um, so it's good that we're having this conversation now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a loaded question. I mean in terms of just managing the team remotely, it's really like we jump on a lot of Zoom calls. Like we were doing Zoom all the time before COVID and now everybody is like knowing what Zoom is. And I'm like, yeah, like we've been here for a
0: while. <laughs> yeah, get <laughs> um, <and> on board.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we just work with everyone's schedule. Like people can work when they want. We have people in um, New Zealand, people in the US, I'm here in Portugal. So it's really about just finding times that, um, work for everybody. If we need to meet on a call or, um, yeah, allowing people to watch a recording or whatever, um, people are very communicative we make that like an absolute must because mm-hmm. if we're not working together. If we don't see each other, it's really hard to yeah, make progress if we're not communicating. So that's really important standard operating procedures sops which always when i first started mm-hmm. doing them for this business felt really corporatey but they are amazing because they allow someone to be able to do something for you without you having to hold their hand through it five times you can do it with them once but yep. then they have the resource and That's like an insanely valuable asset for a business to have SOPs. If there's one thing I could tell somebody when they start their business, it's to build SOPs as early as possible and continuously update them. It's not the funnest thing, but it will be immensely valuable to you when you're ready to offload some tasks to a VA. I always tell everyone like my most valuable, like first, like hire ever has been my first hire, which was a VA because it mm. just allowed me to see the possibilities of doing the high level work and not the low level work. And that stuff is still really important and needs to get done, but I would procrastinate because it was stuff I hated or I really wasn't interested in. And it really slowed my business down. And as soon as I hired somebody to actually manage that for me, it was great. But I had to spend a lot of time training that person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, we've been lucky to have like little turnover, but we have turnover. And if somebody new comes in, not only do you not have to retrain someone, you have all the processes already. So I think that is like something that's been super valuable to us Um, regardless, but especially as a remote team too, because if somebody, if you have a call with somebody at one time and then they do your work and you're starting to end your day, it's like they kind of need some resources to double check things when they can't just tap on your door or, you know, walk over to your desk and say hello. So that's Mm -hmm. super valuable. Um, I think also like just making sure that we stay connected personally in small ways. I mean, we can't, Do you know we can't grab dinner or lunch together? We can't have happy hour. It's definitely my dream to have everybody come to Portugal. Maybe in twenty twenty two, we'll see. But until then, like we have like some fun channels in Slack where we stay connected to each other. We talk about our weekend. We talk about things like we're interested in, or we share like good books and stuff like that. Recently, I love that. um, a couple of us were doing like a personal challenge, like every day we wanted to do something. So we were kind of like staying accountable to each other. We have a quarterly festival where we have like a little party um, to celebrate the quarter, and that's always like really fun. Um, so I think, yeah, it's it's about finding ways to stay connected as friends and team members i think when people care about you personally
2: both ways
1: right like me with the team and the team with me that it it forms one like a much better stronger team but also people care more about their work too because it's not just mm-hmm. about getting the task done but it's more about you know doing it together and for each other so I'm still working on that. I think there's a lot of room to grow there. It's hard to mm-hmm. build a culture remotely, but especially after COVID too, there's a lot of resources. Like um, we do sometimes like quizzes where there's like two truths and one lie about each other, and we go through and everybody guesses, which is really fun. Um, there's online Airbnb experiences, which can be super cool. Um, yeah, there's lots of ways. I think mm-hmm. I think it's super important for a remote team, though. Um, and then in terms of like getting clients, moving away from the team, right? Like you, to have a team, you have to be making some money.
0: Um, <laughs> yep. I first started getting
1: clients, yeah, in person through connections. Um, yep. Facebook groups were really helpful. I didn't do this back then, but now I would say like building relationships on Instagram, um, mm. not. Sending a DM, looking to pitch somebody, but really just becoming friendly with them and then having them join your community and you like sharing value. I think that's like, I've Mm -hmm. even gotten some clients that way because they've messaged me about something or someone on my team has seen them start to follow us. If they're our ideal client, we start a conversation and it's never hey, do you want to join my Facebook ads course? Or hey, do you want to become a client? It's just like, hey, like I saw you started following us. Like, do you have any questions about Facebook ads? Or what do you want to learn? Are you running mm-hmm. them? And that's it. There's no ulterior motive, but it has really turned into relationships for us. And that even if that person doesn't become a client, maybe they recommend us to a friend. I've yep. seen people like post about us in a Facebook group and I was like oh, they've never even been a client but because we formed a relationship with us they felt they could yeah share about um our business to other people mm-hmm. and I think you know it's all about just being genuine in that and not sending we don't send like templated messages we don't do you know? And maybe there are some similarities in the way that we message people, but it's not like here's seventy lines about like who we are and why you should buy from us. It's never that. It's just more about really building a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And then a lot of our clients come from referrals. We, uh, I, I would say, the majority of our clients. We really serve our clients well. We get them great results, and so they send lots of people our way. Another trick is we also, I don't know if it's a trick, but um, we also offer a referral fee. So if somebody does Mm. refer
2: someone
1: to us, it's such a strong marketing tactic, right? Like You don't necessarily have to get someone to trust you because their friend trusts you. So we offer a fee if somebody refers someone to us, um, which has really worked well for us. I think People would send someone our way anyways, but it actually just kind of sweetens a day, the deal and keeps us in mind. Um,
0: so yeah, I think hopefully I answered that
1: well, or
0: yeah, no, absolutely that. I think there's so much, um, especially now, not so much when we were getting started, but there's so much push to do coaching. Mm -hmm. and to have a coaching business to start your business as a coach. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so great to talk about like, I grew my business as a, you know, as a design agency, you grew yours as an ad agency. And there's a lot to starting a business outside of coaching, so that you can actually learn these lessons. Like, experimenting with referral fees, experimenting with how you communicate with people on Instagram and Facebook groups and things like that. And then being able to turn around and say, okay, here are the lessons that I've learned. I'm three to five to 10 steps ahead of the next person that wants to do this. And now I can actually turn around and help you, you know, either avoid the mistakes that I made or learn through the mistakes that you are making or not making um, and I think it's it's really important to talk about um you know the fact that there's so much push to to a coaching business these days that there are other types of businesses that you can that you can have and successfully um,
1: yeah, for sure. And I think
0: there's so much
1: coaching is yeah there's nothing wrong with coaching but for me like i what one thing i love about our agency is like we can show people the results we deliver and that's what makes them decide it's not really like necessarily selling yourself i mean in a mm-hmm. way it is but for me personally i really didn't want and i didn't know this then but i know it now for sure like i don't love selling myself I like selling the service that we offer. And I think in coaching, yes, you sell the service, but there is a lot of like personal connection that has to happen there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for me, it just didn't feel as right. And yeah, looking back, I feel really happy I didn't make that decision though. But it's funny because I talked to a lot of people early on about like, maybe, yeah, you should try to build a coaching business and I can teach you how because I'm a coach. And Mm -hmm. I really like, stuck with not doing that because it just didn't feel right for me but yeah there is a lot of opportunity out there and and something that's interesting is that you can build a business get really good at it and then you can coach people on things if you Mm -hmm. want right like if that's the choice you want to try out um but like you said then you have the experience and it could be more focused on your specific niche versus just general coaching or Mm -hmm. yeah you know like uh, I have a lot of lessons to share with people now
2: but mm-hmm. that I definitely didn't have.
0: But I mean, yeah, that comes with time. In this week's musical lesson, I want to talk about that moment that you come up with a genius idea and you want to completely move on away from your business and start a new one at that new shiny idea And to demonstrate this lesson, we are going to talk about Cinderella. And yes, of course, I mean the Brandy version. (laughs) Okay, so in this version of Cinderella, in the, the Rogers and Hammerstein version with Brandy starring as Cinderella, there's a moment in the beginning that Cinderella and the prince meet in the town square before the ball Cinderella is out shopping for her stepmother and stepsisters and she bumps into this guy that she doesn't know is the prince and they have this moment of, oh my god, are we like totally in love now? (laughs) And they sing, are you the sweet invention of a lover's dream or are you really as beautiful as you seem? It goes on, Am I making believe I see in you a man to be perfect, to be really true? Do I want you because you're wonderful, or are you wonderful because I want you? Now, if you fall in love with people this quickly, I can't help you. (laughs) I, I don't know what to tell you. Should you go for it? Should you not go for it? Probably not, but hey, that's on you. However, If you fall in love with ideas, with business ideas, with strategy ideas this quickly, that I can help you with a little bit because I am 100% that person. I, every morning in the shower, it's like I come up with some brand new million dollar idea that I'm going to throw away my entire business to pursue. Yeah. Have you been, have you been there? you probably have. If you're a listener of this podcast, if you have come here for business advice, life advice, conscious travel, if you're here for all of that kind of stuff, then you are probably this person that has has a lot of romance around that new idea that you're going to pursue and you're going to change the world and everyone's lives around you. Yeah? Okay, cool. Me too. So here's how I want you to break it down. When you come up With a new idea, I want you to think to yourself Is this something that's going to move the needle for me right now? Am I going to implement and pursue this idea today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this quarter? Are you going to actually be able to pursue and implement this idea in a short amount of time? If yes, How much money can this actually make you? And how much impact can it really have? I want you to actually break down what you think this idea is going to do for you. Maybe it's just a strategy idea. Maybe it's just uh, an idea for content or something. And that you can absolutely experiment and, and play with and figure out what works in your content strategy for you or maybe it's an idea for a completely brand new business and you're thinking, oh my gosh, why did I start that business when I should have started this business? Now I'm going to completely let go of everything and start over. If you are thinking that, I want you to actually break down what would it take to pursue this idea? What support would you need? Would you need to hire somebody? Can they be contractors or full or part-time W-2s? Um, how much money is this idea to implement this going to require software or some kind of subscription or some kind of automation that's going to cost you a whole boatload of money even before you have any revenue? If you have to spend a lot of money before you can make any money off of this idea, it's probably best to, to set it aside and to say, "I thank you for this idea. I appreciate you and I am grateful for you, but I'm going to put it in my back pocket and I'm going to come back to it when I have some more resources to be able to implement, pay for the people that I need to support me, pay for the the systems that I need to, to create, et cetera. Also, if this is something that is really, really lighting you up and is making you think, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. I am just completely lit on fire and excited to start this. And go ahead and start it. And give yourself complete permission to not complete it. It's okay. If you are somebody like me who gets really excited over new ideas, new thoughts, new strategies, new systems... You have full permission to play with those things and then say, actually, I'm not as excited about this as I thought I was, or the, you know, the, the, the novelty of it has worn off and it's actually not as great an idea as I thought it was. Eh, I'm going to let it go. Maybe I'll come back to it later. Maybe I won't. I think we as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we think that we have to be the next Instagram, be the next Apple, be the next Amazon, and we have to constantly be coming up with these genius ideas that are innovative and that completely disrupt billion-dollar industries and are completely new for the world and, and everyone's lives. We've seen this kind of... This kind of rhetoric of, you know, the, the deifying the entrepreneur and the, the Bill Gates of the world. But actually, we can make a whole lot of money. Take me for example. I built my business to multiple six figures and I'm growing very quickly and will very soon be a seven figure business. And I design websites for people. Everybody needs a website. Everybody who has a business needs a website. I am not reinventing the wheel. I have not innovated innovated anything. I have some really clever and unique ways of presenting information and designing information for people to consume it on a screen. But I have not done anything that I did not invent the concept of a website. I have not I have not invented a new app that people share their life online through. But I can still make a whole boatload of money not reinventing the wheel. Now, if you are really feeling called to something, I want you to go through this sort of, ask yourself these questions, will it move the needle for me today, tomorrow, this month, this quarter? How much money can I make doing this? How is this different than what I'm doing now? I want you to check in with your current business or your current lifestyle, however you're making money, and ask yourself if you're burned out doing it that way and how much would it take for you mentally, financially, all the things, what would it take for you to change gears into this business, into this new idea, into this new way of doing things? And if that's too much, then it's okay to say, I'm grateful for this idea. Thank you. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to revisit it in a few months or maybe in a couple of years, maybe when you have some more resources and you can pursue it even further. Are you the sweet invention of a lover's dream or are you really as beautiful as you seem? Give yourself some time to actually figure out if this is an idea. This is a sweet invention of an entrepreneur's dream. This is just another great idea that you came up with or is this really as beautiful as it may seem? Is it really as as sustainable as substantial as this idea might seem? Give yourself the time, but be sort of hard on the idea, not hard on yourself hard on the idea and really question the place that it came from what were you thinking and why were you thinking about this idea are you trying to escape your current business and how can this be different for you and what do you need to make it happen and then follow through with it for a little while and if it doesn't do well then it doesn't do well but you get to decide. That's that's the beauty of being a business owner. You get to decide. So play with it. Have fun. And make your money. We talked about this a little bit, but this podcast, for me, I was really inspired to start this because I really wanted to essentially give myself of six, seven, eight years ago, the information that that did in some ways exist online but a lot of it i felt was platitudes was you know the advice like gary v would always say be everywhere (laughs) that was like a thing that was like one of his taglines that he would always say um so it's that kind of stuff where it's like okay but like the actual tangible things that allow you to get to one point right? Like you said, you got your first client from a cafe in Bali in person having that conversation. So what would you say are, you know, maybe the, the like three or how, you know, no specific number, but the specific things that you did that allowed you, you know, to put one foot in front of the other and to build now a, a successful agency with a team working, you know, remotely and all that kind of stuff. Were, were there like specific things that you think that you did early on that allowed you to to get to this place?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the number one thing I did that worked for me, it's different for everybody, but um, I didn't move to the next thing until it felt secure. So like Mm -hmm. I was working for nine to five and then working for my uncle's agency before and after work and on the weekends. And I didn't leave my nine to five until that income was there with the agency. You know, it started really small because it was like contract and per client and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it grew. And eventually I was like, okay, I feel ready to take this next step. And same with my own agency, right? Like I started my agency while I was at the other agency, and I didn't leave the agency until I had secure income from my business and I know that that's not everyone's path but for me that was really helpful because I didn't have to make decisions on like I have to take this client because I can't pay my rent like
2: Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. I
1: don't get me wrong like I made client hiring or like I chose the wrong client but it be oh for sure (laughs) you know it wasn't basic because I needed to pay my rent. Like I always made sure my basic needs and bills were covered and I had some spending money. And so I moved slowly. I didn't just like jump off out of nowhere mm-hmm. without a safety. Net. And for me that really worked and allowed me to feel good about the transition. Um, so I would say that's one big thing. I think mm-hmm. the other big thing is I hired early. I knew I didn't want to be mm-hmm. alone and I hired a VA for two hours a week to start and, um, you know, we built SOPs from very early on. I learned that from the agency Mm -hmm. and I think that that was super helpful, both of those things for me, because I could move a lot faster with someone doing the things I really didn't want to do. And, um, and I could focus more on Facebook ads instead of like, invoices or little things here and there which is really what i loved doing so i would say for me and, and advice for other people is yeah don't be afraid to outsource mm-hmm. um, be careful about your hiring process and really you know <laughs> oh yeah been there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it's hard i mean i could probably build a whole course about that <laughs> or coach somebody <laughs> on it at this point but you learn as you go what you want and what you don't want and what works for you and what doesn't. Um, but yeah, I would say, be careful, be slow and so slow to hire. I heard this once: be slow to hire and fast to fire.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: And that doesn't mean, you know, go through people a lot, but yeah, take your time when choosing someone really make sure they can do um what you need them to do really be clear on what you need them to do. Yep. Um uh, and then yeah if somebody's not working out you gotta like let them go. I, I've definitely kept people too long. Um so I'd say yep. that's one thing about just yeah getting help and 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 I like building a team. I don't want to be a solo for newer. Mm-hmm. Um and, and third thing um I think this is kind of cliche but I, I do think investing in your own learning and yourself is super helpful. 100%. I don't have a coach right now, but I've had coaches in the past that really helped me. Yeah, I've invested in some masterminds. I've invested in some courses. Don't invest in everything at once because if you're mm-hmm. going to make an investment, be smart about it. Go through the material, really use it. But I think a lot of growth and learning has come from investing in myself and my business for sure
0: a hundred percent that was um I was always so hesitant to hire a coach um because I first of all had the mindset that if I don't do it alone it doesn't count <laughs> which I've since yeah. uh since moved on from uh, yeah. most mostly moved on from but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <I'm always laughs> well, no um, one knows it better than me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? And that's when you talk about SOPs, um, standard operating procedures. I am a self-taught designer, so a lot of the way the the way that I approach design and the strategy of design is sort of like patched together from the things that I taught myself. So I have like some weird quirks in my process of of um, you know, designing for a new client. So I've started, um recording myself doing that so that i can pass that over to other designers um but it was you know i was sort of my own bottleneck because i was i was like well no one can do it as good as i can so no that's so egotistical of course there are people that can do it as good as you can
1: (laughs) and the best thing is to hire people that can do it better than you actually exactly because then you learn and your business gets better and it's better for everybody for sure Mm -hmm. and also like I love that you say like just reporting what you're doing because I think standard operating procedure sounds so like businessy but really it's just like showing someone how to do exactly what you want them to do and it can be a two-minute loom video it can be like a bullet like five bullet points of the exact steps like it doesn't have to be anything crazy but Mm -hmm. yeah having that
0: in place Mm -hmm. yeah um Okay, so is there anything that you would uh if you were starting over today? Is there anything that you would do differently or uh something you'd add to your strategy or take away from your strategy that you used the first time?
2: Um I think the only thing I would do differently is I would have traveled longer I would have traveled longer
1: um, mm. in more places. I only went for three months the first time because I was, you know, nervous and and I, I would have liked to like gone for a year. You know, mm. I think that's one mm-hmm. thing I would do differently. And honestly, I mean, I think everything worked out in the way it should for me. And after I came home that first time I left shortly after and and then now I'm still gone technically Yeah, <laughs> I in Portugal. But I I do think I would have yeah, liked to travel longer and and I probably would have done it younger. Um as yeah. I was like uh 29 or 30 when I started. Um and yeah, it would have been cool. But but I do think too, like it was helpful to be a little bit older. And there's people all ages traveling and working remotely and everything, um, Mm -hmm. running businesses. But for me, I think it was a good age because I was, yeah, like more mature and I think, yeah, took care of things better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I was, um, I did start young and I can, I can tell you that there's a lot of mistakes that happen as a, as a young end to traveling when you are super young. Um, yeah. So there's no, there's no right way to, to start that. Or yeah. No, you know, no, no too early or too late to start doing that kind of stuff. I also love what you were talking about a minute ago with not quitting your job until you had, you know, enough money coming in to support yourself. A lot of yeah. people have, you know, come to me and said, I want to quit my job and travel just like you do. How do I, you know, I'm going to quit and I'm just going to start. And I'm like, ah, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And I say that because I didn't have a job. I started, if you remember when we were in New York, I was freelance writing and was really like grasping at straws to make any money. Mm. Um. So I didn't have, you know, the resources early on to like invest in something like like Marie Forleo's B School or any other kind of educational product, and I think I always looked at people that had a, a regular job and were was working on a side hustle or a business to be able to travel, and I always sort of looked at them with a little bit of envy because it was like you have the resources to invest in some of those educational pieces as well as having somebody to do your website for you or to hire a VA early on or to you yeah. know take a lot of that stress and chaos oh you know out of your plate so that you can focus on the actual strategy so i yeah. love that you say that because you know there's there's advantages and disadvantages to to both i didn't have a backup plan right so it really lit lit you know lit a fire under my ass to, to get moving and to create what I, what I wanted to create. Mm. But I also didn't have the resources and didn't invest in a coach or anything like that until, you know, uh, um, the very first coach that I invested in was in the middle of COVID.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a
1: great point. It's every journey is different, but mm -hmm. definitely there's so much to do and learn in the beginning that not having to worry about like making ends meet is very nice. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I always say to people um you know who come to me and are like I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to travel and I saw your pictures of backpacking and in Bali and in Vietnam and all these places and I'm going to go do that and I'm like okay. Great. Great plan. Yeah. Take a breath. Take a beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and, you know, like, let's figure out how you can actually like set a plan for the next 18 months or or however long it, it feels right for you to actually be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, my last question for you is, is there anything that Franny of six, seven, eight, nine, 10 years ago needs to hear? Is there anything that you look back? from art when we were in the city together or earlier or any other time period that young Franny needs to know? Um,
1: yeah, I would say like your dreams aren't crazy, right? Like anything mm. that you want can happen if you're just willing to go after it. I mean, I think I look back at thoughts I had way back when and never would I ever expect to have had the experiences I've had, um, and many times I questioned myself, but also it all worked out because I was willing to, yeah, just go after it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. Your dreams aren't crazy. Love it. Okay. So I want you to talk about how people can get in touch with you. And I know that you, I know like the results that you get for your clients and I know they're like that shit insane. <laughs> like I know they're so good. Um so I know you offer like strategy, parties and audits. So I so talk a little bit about that what what that looks like and just in general how people can just come into your orbit.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the best place to find us is on Instagram, Elevate Her Marketing is our Instagram and um yeah, I think the best way to work with us right now is through our strategy parties, where if you want to build a Facebook ads campaign, we will learn all about your business through a questionnaire and then we'll jump on a strategy party together and share a campaign plan with you so that you can get your ads up and running and build a really, really strategic campaign. And um, if you're already running ads, we can take an audit of what you're doing. And I think a lot of people find this super helpful because if you're running on ads, You can't see or know everything that someone who runs ads for multiple different accounts or really does ads full-time can just because you're so busy running your own stuff, um, running your own business, doing all the other things you have to do. So Mm -hmm. people really love our strategy parties because they get so much information in such a short amount of time. And it's useful for them over a long period of time. So yeah, if you want to learn more about our strategy party, you can uh, message us on Instagram. And
2: yeah, I think that's
0: it. I love it. And I know um, I I know how good you are at this and I see the results that you get for your clients. So I wanted to make sure that was available because you help people make like millions of dollars like just through <laughs> their ad strategy. So uh, yeah, that is amazing. Um, This has been so good, Franny. It's been amazing to see your face. We need to like catch up more often. This has been so fun. Reminiscing about our New York days and our young (laughs) entrepreneur days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, now that, well, I don't know, hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to meet up somewhere. I know we've Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about from time to time. Could be super cool.
0: Yeah, or or you know, just for the reminiscing purposes, meet at the dojo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, thank you so much, Franny. You have been an absolute delight. Thanks, Allison. It's been good to talk to you.